The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. The 31st of August will certainly go down in history. Wow, human tragedy in terms of that from fires here in Johannesburg to terror attacks in Israel. Joining us on the line now to discuss that and more. Rolene Marks, our correspondent from Israel. Rolene, well, she's not in Israel right now. She's here in Johannesburg, but not in studio. Rolene, good afternoon to you. Thanks for joining us. I miss you when I'm not in studio. <laughs> well, you just got to come visit another time and just join all of us because we really miss you, Rolene. And, uh, well, anyway, c'est la vie. You've had other things to do, but great that you could still join us wherever you're calling us uh, from. The latest terror attacks. Wow, what a day it's been, here and there and everywhere. Uh, take us through what's been transpiring during, during the course of the day. Well, let's first talk about the attempt, well, the attempted terror attack last night at a, uh, a light rail stop in, tel- in uh, Jerusalem. Just getting my bearings, seeing I'm not in Israel at the <laughs> moment. Uh, the terrorist attempted to stab a young man who was waiting for the light rail in Jerusalem and he was subsequently neutralized and thank goodness the young man escaped with very, very minor injuries. But then we had a, a terrible attack this morning in the Maccabim checkpoint. Now, this is very close to the city of Modi Inn, mm-hmm. where I live. There is a, a checkpoint on the 443. This is the road between the uh, city of Modi Inn and Jerusalem and, and also traverses the West Bank. Now, what we do know from this attack is that a truck uh, rammed into several IDF soldiers, one IDF soldier whose uh, identity is uh, yet to be made public, uh, was killed. He, he died as a result of his wounds, and uh, five others are injured, one also in a serious condition. We also had a, a shooting in Hebron. This was... Uh, wow. uh, also, in the last 24 hours, thank goodness, nobody was was killed. But August has been a deadly month in the state of Israel. If I, if I just look at some of the statistics, we had the shooting on the 5th of August where Inspector uh, Gen Amir was killed. Uh, this was in the Nachlat Benjamin area of Tel Aviv. On the 19th of August, we had the horrific murder of uh, Silas uh, Nigerker and his son Aviad. They were killed in uh, Huwara. They came from Ashdod. They were at a uh, car wash when they were uh, killed at point-blank range. Mm. On the 21st of August, we had the brutal murder of Batsheva Nigri, 42 years old, on the Route 60. She was traveling with her neighbor and her daughter, her daughter uh, escaped unharmed. Her neighbor was uh, also injured, but she died as a result of her wounds. Then last night in the uh, Shifta Israel light rail station in Jerusalem, and now this horrific attack on a checkpoint in Maccabim just outside of Modi Inn. The terrorist was neutralized, but what is frightening is that he he drove a truck and didn't stop um, after he had run into the the five soldiers, he carried on driving until he was neutralized. Wow! And apparently, also he had a work permit, and uh, the truck he drove had had an Israeli license plate on it too. 
Well, this is it, and this is this is yeah. a very, very frightening phenomenon. You know, those who say that, you know, it's it's desperation, mm. and it's because we are forbidding people from entering Israel to work. It's not true because several attacks have been carried out by Palestinians who have work permits to enter Israel. Mm. Roland, we've got a bit to unpack this afternoon, this afternoon's show. Let's look at the Oslo Protocols Declassified. What was said here? What was that all about? Well, this is fascinating because Mm -hmm. we've just marked the anniversary since the signing of the Oslo Accords. And, of course, many people Mm. have a lot of opinions on the successes and failures of the Oslo Peace Accords. If, If we go back... Uh, I think it's uh, some 30-something years. We can't forget the historical signing of the accords on the White House lawns. Yasser Arafat, Yitzhak Rabin, uh, you know, also with Shimon Peres, who was then the, the foreign minister, mm-hmm. and then President Bill Clinton, and everybody thought this would bring in peace in our times. But now yeah. Israel's National Library has declassified some of the very, very sensitive correspondence. And the revelations are absolutely fascinating. First of all, the issue of uh, elections in the Palestinian Authority. You know, it was then one of the criteria was that it was renamed from the PLO to the Palestinian Authority. And the late Yitzhak Rabin, who was the Prime Minister at the time, and if you recall, he was assassinated soon after mm-hmm. as a result of signing the uh, the, the um, Oslo Peace Accord. He was he actually expressed his grave concerns that the Palestinians would never hold elections. They would never have a, uh, free and fair elections. And, and also, what is fascinating is that Shimon Peres at the time expressed his concerns about this rising. A very militant group called Hamas. Mm-hmm. And Arya Derry, who was the internal minister also during the time, said, no, no, they, um, the, the Palestinians are not really anything to be worried about. We more have to worry about um, the Arab world, countries around Israel. Uh, I don't think that uh, Hamas and uh, the Palestinians would pose much of a threat. Now, as we know, uh, it, it has been completely different, and Hamas mm-hmm. has been the largest propagator of terror attacks against the state of Israel. And also, in their correspondence, they speak about having to work very, very hard um, to convince the, the uh, Israeli public that these peace accords were the right way to go. And, of course, the rest is history. Many people say that the Oslo Accords were a, a dismal failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, not soon after they were signed, then Yitzhak Rabin, the prime minister at the time, was assassinated by Yigal Amir, um, a, a Jewish extremist who is still in prison today. And uh, we have seen basically... Uh, an ignoring of a lot of the clauses wow. that were stated in the Oslo Accords. Wow. And wow. why Oslo? Because mm-hmm. at the time, the Scandinavians were seen as much more amenable to Israel than other countries. Okay, that's a topic for discussion too in itself, isn't that, Rolin? Well, as I mentioned, let's just move on because uh, we do have a few more things to just squeeze into our chit-chat section. Saudi said to offer the Palestinian Authority financial aid in exchange for support for normalization. What's behind this? 
Well, this is absolutely fascinating mm. because you and I have been chatting about the road to possible Saudi normalization. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, the, one of the criteria or the conditions from the Saudis is a Palestinian state. But the Saudis also understand that they have to convince the, um, uh, the, the, the Palestinians about the benefits of them normalizing ties with Israel. You know, they, if they want to tie, normalize ties with Israel, it certainly changes the landscape of the Middle East, uh, certainly for Israel. Right. But also for the Palestinians, they want that reassurance that their cause has not been forgotten. So one of the in, in documents that have been made official, what we do know is the Saudis are reported to have offered the Palestinian Authority um, that they will reinstitute aid to to the Palestinians. They will mm. um, help them build infrastructure on condition that they reign in terror groups. This is a very, very important condition, but also very telling in where the um, the minds of the Arab world are. You know, they don't yes. see them as resistance or freedom fighters. They do identify the fact that there are these terror groups and they're not resistance groups. They're terror groups and, and, and they are fomenting even more hatred and division. And that they say that we will... Um, we will give you this aid. We will help you build infrastructure. We will help you pay salaries, etc. But you have got to support our bid for normalization with the Israelis. Mm-hmm. And you've okay. got to rein in your, your terror organizations. And, and, and what is also fascinating is to watch the attitude. And you and I were chatting about it the other day is, uh, you know, we had that incident this week where due to a fault on the plane, a, a plane from the Seychelles had to land right, in Jeddah, in Saudi, in right. Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and people were saying they were treated absolutely wonderfully. Mm, exactly. Let's just see where this transpires and how this develops the next time we chat, Rolene. Looking at now a bit closer to, to home, that's Israel, that is, the U.S. envoy off to Beirut to discuss tensions on the Israeli border. Well, this is a growing concern mm. that that Israel has had for uh, quite a few months now is the flexing of Hezbollah on our border. So a senior U.S. envoy was in Beirut trying to, to calm the situation down on the border. I don't think uh, the Lebanese people, given what they've endured over the past couple of years, you know, there was a horrific explosion in the port at Beirut. There was uh, also the fact that the government has basically collapsed and uh, the, the people of Lebanon have no functioning government, a collapsing economy, very little food to eat. During our last administration, our defense minister, who was then Benny Gantz, offered aid to Lebanon through the uh, auspices of the United Nations uh, to help the people of Lebanon because, you know, we're not at war with the people of Lebanon. We only uh, are are in a state of hostility with Hezbollah, which is an Iranian proxy. But there have been concerns. A couple of weeks ago, you and I were chatting about Israeli officials who were at the United Nations asking for an extension on the UNIFIL mandate. And um, we had our Defense Minister Gallant in uh, New York earlier this week speaking to Antonio Guterres, the Secretary General of the United Nations, saying that we are very concerned that uh, tensions are rising on the border with, with Hezbollah and that we could see a possible war. And we've also heard the Defense Minister warn Nasrallah, mm. don't try us, we will send 
Lebanon back to the Stone Age. His words, not mine. <laughs> right, Rolene. And on those words, we're going to have to end it there. Rolene, it was amazing having you on board in our studios this week. Great to have you in South Africa. We'll have to leave it there. Bon voyage. All the best. And we'll chat to you on Monday. You leave on Sunday, correct? So I have a safe journey. Sunday. Safe Short journey. And, and sweet. Right. So have a great journey and uh, fantastic uh, meeting you. We'll chat to you, you again on Monday afternoon. Rolene Marks, our correspondent from Israel in South Africa right now, joining us to tell us what's happening in the Holy Land. She'll be back at work on Monday, back in Israel, when we chatter on the Afternoon Overdrive next week.